everybody, this is Literary Disco on Lit Hub Radio, episode 164, Gil Thorpe. Today, in another short episode for the pandemic, we are going to tackle another form of writing we never have before, a comic strip called Gil Thorpe, which is written and drawn by Neil Rubin and Rod Wiggum. And this was Todd's selection, which he will uh, tell us all about. But before that, let me introduce us. This is Literary Disco, the last book club you'll ever need. We are Todd, Julia, and Ryder, three old friends who love to read, debate, and sometimes even agree. I am actor and filmmaker Ryder Strong. Joining me, as always, are novelist and critic Todd Goldberg and essayist and radio personality Julia Pistel. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey, welcome back to the pandemic. My temperature is 98.6 degrees. Great. Uh, Just, let's uh, jump right in because I am very confused as yeah. to what we're doing here. We, <laughs> our idea was that during during the pandemic, we'd release some some short, shorter, easier episodes uh, and uh, pick different things that we haven't read before. And Todd, you selected this, Gil Thorpe. Gil Thorpe. Yeah. So Gil Thorpe is a daily comic strip that has been appearing in newspapers around the country since 1958. Wow. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> the same it, uh, follows the yes. So who are the same with the same writers for, like uh no, it was created by uh, a man named Jack Barrel and is currently written by Neil Rubin and is inked by Rod Wigham. Um, it launched in September of 1958 and has been uh, in production uh, ever since. The main writer uh, wrote it until 1996 when he died of cancer, um, and then new people took over after uh, his death. It was originally um, another writer named Jerry Jenkins wrote it. Um, and so uh, Jenkins was followed in 2004 by Neil Rubin, who's a columnist for the Detroit News. So it, it's been around forever, and it follows the daily uh, work life of Gil Thorpe, the athletic director of Milford High School, where he coaches football, basketball, and baseball, and also is involved in the daily administration <laughs> the of the local high school. Happening? Wow, that is fascinating. And this so, is so. <clears throat> is the character? I mean, he, so the character is the same age as when this comic strip started. Gil Thorpe himself. That's correct. So he's never aged, but uh, but has the has the comic strip evolved through time? Because I mean, what we were reading takes place contemporary. I'm assuming it's like a contemporary because the kid is a mohawk and right. So they, I, I guess they probably add and subtract characters. I you'll be surprised to learn I have not kept up with it as much as I thought I would when I read it when I was nine, <laughs> and when we were thinking of doing this episode, I was like, oh well, let, I wonder if Gil Thorpe still exists because there's always there's always been these daily comic strips that were serious right. like i've always Gilthorpe been baffled by all and mary of them. worth yeah. yeah and is gil thorpe so, so the attraction yeah. for you at nine is that it was about sports like that was a part of the attraction right. okay cool right yeah so it'd be like the daily lives of the football players and gil thorpe managing them or the baseball team and it would it would change seasonally so during football season Gil would be involved with football. During baseball season, Gil would be involved with baseball. And so as a kid, it was like, hey, you get to see this cool stuff. And of course, you know, when you're eight, nine, ten years old, high school athletes are like, they're, you know, 
actual grown adults in your mind. This is kind um, of like Friday Night Lights. I was Lights. just going to say. It, it's, it's like Friday Night Lights, but divorced from any tension. Um, so what, what we did, listeners, and, and what I'm going to encourage you all to do as well during the course of this pandemic is if you visit gocomics.com, you can read comic strips for free every single day. And so the three of us, um, to uh, imagine what it'd be like to be cooped up in your house for, say, 10 days at one time, read 10 days of Gilthorpe yeah. comic strips beginning on March 2nd Which and concluding takes on a March total 12th. Of one and a half minutes. <laughs> Maybe maybe eighty five. Yeah, this seconds. is the part that blows my mind. It's like I can't imagine only reading one of these a day. Like how I it's know. the most frustrating. It would just there's nothing happens. Like nothing. nothing happens. You get three panels and like I I just don't understand. But I guess that's the whole point is that you're just like tiny tiny breadcrumbs of story stretched out, and so you keep coming back. I. I, I so in the 10 days that we read, um, Gilthorpe under, uncovers sort of a vast USC-style <laughs> cheating it's scandal. It's not vast. It's four That kids. would be awesome if that was actually happening. No, all that happens is one kid tries to cheat, another kid refuses, and then Gilthorpe gets wind of it. Like, that's kind of all that happens. Right. Well, and a superstar athlete throws away a stolen right. test but yet someone else maybe gets it. I mean, it's not been resolved yet what's no, going to happen. in 10 days, nothing was resolved. someone wants to be Val Victorian, <laughs> yeah. and she wants to be Val Victorian legally. So, she doesn't want any help. I just want to know if I was, have this open to discuss, and I scrolled down. So this is interesting. Like, I used to read comics in the paper, too, but now reading them online, I accidentally scrolled down on today's, and there's a, a featured comment that is so fucking funny. Readers poll, which of our main plots is more boring? <laughs> the ineffective evil adult or the ineffective evil kid? And then the best part is a bunch of people comment agreeing that this is all boring, but they obviously know this intimately. Uh, they, they still read it. Right. And, yeah, and this one guy goes, maybe we're the evil ones. We're all going to be trapped having to follow Milford's slow march to second in the valley in every sport now that all the real ones have shut down. And I'm just like, yeah, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, Todd, are you truly submitting this as <gasps> entertainment oh. for, like, the pandemic? You can't be. Well, look, when the grid fails, you're going to want to print it out 20 to 30 of these and just Very read them slowly. slowly. As as your food supply dies and you lose all will to live, you're like, oh, well, this is still out there. I, I can I don't know yet if Chris actually got the answer to the AP civics it is, test. It is, it is such an interesting art form yeah. because part of, like, part of the appeal is is the fact that it's going to be slow and like you're going to check back tomorrow and like only get a little like ooh like something happened or a little bit of intrigue but not no real drama or does it like build to a dramatic point i guess it's my like at some point does like something big happen does this like resolve? somebody gets murdered or hurt or they win the big game or they lose the big game like does anything like that happen or is the whole point of this art form to just be like normal like 
everyday life where just little dramas don't add up to... Look, I I just want to read you a a bit of dialogue from March 11th, 2020. Uh, This is Gil Thorpe, and he's talking to one of his young students, Chris, I believe. And Gil Thorpe says, Did Teddy DeMarco give you an advanced copy of a test? And the kid responds, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And then you got to (laughs) wait... Until tomorrow to find out, and then to, and then tomorrow, um, Gil says, "Chris, this is serious. If you don't know if Teddy gave you last year's test, it, I'm sorry, Chris, this is serious. You don't know if Teddy gave you last year's midterm." And Chris says, "That's what he said it was, but I never looked. I crumpled it up, which and we it into know a trash as can. readers because we were paying uh, attention. Which yeah. we know we saw that happen." And then an old woman with her hair in a bun who, with a distinctive wrinkle down the side of her face and neck. Clearly some sort of <laughs> school the drawing in this is yeah. really terrible. Yeah. The young man's scholarships could be at stake. His reputation. His future. And then Gil says, I know. I'll keep digging. But you're going to have to wait until tomorrow to find out. No, what actually it's out already. Because the 13th oh, well, has see. come out. Oh, hold on. Uh. Oh, here's an action shot of Gil with his pants down, staring at a laptop. <laughs> his pants are not down. Wow. <sighs> oh, this whole thing is... So, like, I I just sort of assumed that these things had turned into broad satire in, like, in the last 30 years, but they haven't. <laughs> these serious comic strips have maintained this level of ferocious well, seriousness. But, well, since what's interesting is that these, in a lot of ways, more, way more than like, um, you know, Peanuts or uh, Calvin and Hobbes or, you know, any other normal comic strips, these are the precursors to like the really great graphic novels yeah. that have come out in the last, right. you know, 15 right. years. Like, the, if these guys yeah. were being written like this in the 50s, like, they were kind of ahead of their time in terms of like, hey, let's take let's take what is essentially a kid's form and take it seriously and write, you know, try and write developed characters or, you know, more right. prosaic situations that are not cartoony, but just like normal everyday life. Like that has led to some of them like like what we read Sabrina last year uh, for this show was was one of the best like works of art I've yeah. encountered in a long time, uh, you know, a graphic novel. And, and then we've, we've, we've read fun home too. We've talked about like, I, I, there's just been so many great, very kind of, you know, interesting ways to use this art form. And I feel like it, that they are indebted to this, yeah. even though I don't like this very much. Oh, for sure. <laughs> this is kind no, of, I mean, it's terrible, but it's, but it's it's the origin story. Like, like you can totally see it. I think what I find so interesting about um, this is I have absolutely no idea what the reader experience is supposed to be like. You know what I mean? Like we're all like, oh, it's bad, <laughs> or laughing at it because that's like a much more emotionally comfortable position than being like, okay, and now I wait. <laughs> Like, I don't know any other right. art form. Not even a knockback <laughs> joke is like that. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> like, right. like no emotional right. connection. And and look, if you if you don't if you're reading this in the newspaper and you don't have access or the ability to understand that this is online, you miss a day. <laughs> you're fucked. You're like, did he crumple it up? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like you could you could miss the you could miss the whole plot. <sighs> like <laughs> I mean, there's a, a lot happening here that I don't understand. Form. I just don't. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like it, there there is this sort of zen like yeah. watching paint dry, just getting a little bit of my little bit right. of story every day. You know, like I could see that that could become kind of a thing, yeah. like a comforting presence in your newspaper or in your online yeah. surfing. Hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, but to I, to keep the thread of that story in your mind for the last 60 some odd years. <laughs> like that's well, other. that's what I want. I want to know if somebody's done <laughs> like a thing. study of all the Gil Thorpe over the years and can like break down, you know different you know different strains or tendencies well, or like I repeated remember, storylines um, or like like what does gill represent as a as like a character is like he's a he's heroic moral. dude because he he's moral right he's moral so sort of like yeah, a so father this is what knows I remember, best like white guy football right. coach who so, <laughs> saves everybody i remember like re-encountering it in the newspaper for a brief period of time like during the whole steroid scandal in major league baseball so this was like late 90s early yeah. 2000s and Gill was handling that at the high school level. Yeah, so they would they would tackle some you know mundane social issues and stuff through the the rubric of the uh, the comic strip. But now I sort of want to go back and look and see like, oh, what did I miss? Did did he take on me too? Right. You know, like, what what what's Gill doing? There's, what's, I mean, where are where is it whole, set? A fictional but high school. What state? Like we don't know. Middle, Middle America. America. I mean, it's a lot of white yeah. people. It's, it's yeah. as far as I can tell. That's that's all yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if the serious comic book writing has of the 1950s addressed social inequities <laughs> or just demographics, actual demographics, <laughs> demographics of real yeah. America. Yeah. Yeah. Funky Winker Bean wasn't exactly <laughs> you know woke as hell. And that's that's where we're gonna end this episode. <laughs> That's your 15 minutes wow. of pandemic entertainment, folks. Literary Disco is produced and edited by Justin Alvarez for Lit Hub Radio. You can reach out to us directly on Twitter, at Literary Disco. Please, reach out to us on Twitter. We are on Twitter. We need breaks from coronavirus news. Reach out to us. Happy reading, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>